0: Chapter fifteen of Our Army at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Our Army at the Front by Haywood Brune. Chapter fifteen in charge of morale. If the army as a whole was a story of old skill in new uses, certainly the most extraordinary single upheaval was that of the ymca though it had grown into many paths of civil life in peace times that could not have been foreshadowed by its founders probably the wildest speculation of its future never included the purveying of vaudeville and cigarettes to soldiers in france yet just that was what the ymca was doing within less than a year from the american army's arrival in france and its only lamentation was that it had nowhere near enough cigarettes and vaudeville to purvey. It accepted the offer of the United States government to watch over the morale of the soldiers abroad, partly because it was so excellently organized that it could handle a task of such vast scope, and partly because both French and British armies had got such fine results from similar organizations that the American YMCA Felt itself to be historically elected. The YMCA had cut its wisdom teeth long before it became a part of the army. Its directors had accepted the fact that a young man is apt to be more interested in his biceps than in his soul, and that if he can have athletics aplenty and entertainment that really entertains, he'd as lief be out of mischief as in it. But even this was not quite broad enough for the needs of the army away from home and one of the first things the YMCA did in France, and the stoutest pillar of its great success, was to abandon the slightest aversion to bad language, or to the irreligion that brims out of a cold, wet, and tired soldier in defiant spurts, and to cultivate, in their stead, a sympathetic feeling for the want of smokes and a good show. The secretary sent abroad to build the first huts and watch over the first soldiers, were men selected for their skill in getting results against considerable obstacles those who followed as the organization grew were specialists of every sort there were nationally famous sportsmen to keep the baseball games up to scratch and to see that gymnastics out of doors were helped out by the rules there were men who could handle crowds keep an evening's entertainment going play good ragtime make good coffee and produce cigarettes and matches out of thin air and most important of all they were men who could eradicate the doughboy's suspicion that the y m c a was a doleful overly prayerful and effeminate institution the y m c a was dealing with the doughboy when he was on his own time if he didn't want to go to the y hut nobody could make him certain things that were bad for him were barred to him by army regulation but there was a margin left over If the doughboy was doing nothing else, he might be sitting alone somewhere, feeling of his feelings and finding them very sad. The army did not cover this, but the YMCA took the ground that being melancholy was about as bad as being drunk. But naturally the Red Triangle man had to use his tact. If he didn't have any, he was sent home. His job was to persuade the doughboy not to instruct him, and before long the rule of the YMCA was flatly put never mind your own theories do what the soldiers want that is why the y huts the combination shop theater chapel and reading room coffee stall and soda fountain baseball locker and cigarette store post office and library which are run by the ymca from coast to battle line are packed by soldiers every hour of the day and evening the y huts began with the army before the second day of the first division's landing there was a circus banner across the foot of the main street stating this is the way to the y m c a get your money changed and write home by following the pointing red finger painted on the banner one found a wooden shack with a few chairs a lot of writing paper and french money a secretary and a heap of goodwill as the army moved battleward these huts appeared just ahead of the soldiers with increased stores at each new place american cigarettes were on the counters a few books arrived the y m c a proved its persuasiveness by its huts a member of the quartermaster's corps said one day in a fit of exasperation over a waiting job how do these y fellows do it i can't turn without falling over a shack built for them by the soldiers in their off time do i get any work out of these soldiers when they're off i do not they're too busy building y huts the first entertainment in the y huts was when the company bands moved into them because the weather was too bad to play out of doors the concerts were a great success by and by men who knew something interesting were asked to make short lectures to the soldiers it was an easy step to asking some clever professional entertainer to come down and give a one-man show then elsie janus who was in europe made a flying tour of the y huts and a little while after e h southern and winthrop ames went over to see how much organized entertainment could be sent from america the result of their visit was the over there theatre league to which virtually every actor and actress in america volunteered to belong by the end of the first year about three hundred entertainers were either in france or on their way there or back three months was the average time the performers were asked to give and they circled so steadily that there were always about two hundred of them at work on the Y circuit. The work of the YMCA did not stop with affording entertainment to the soldiers in the camps. They rented a big hotel in Paris and another in London, and they established many canteens in these two cities, so that their patrols, secretaries whose job was to rescue stray, lonely soldiers in the streets, would always have a near and comfortable place to offer to the wanderers then they proceeded the army to aix les bains and Chambry, the two resorts in the savoy alps where american soldiers were sent for their eight-day leaves and arranged for cheap hotel accommodations guides theatres etc and they took over the casino entirely for the soldiers their field canteens were just back of the fighting line and late at night it was the duty of the secretaries to store their pockets with cigarettes and chocolate and with letters from home and shoulder the big tins of hot coffee made in the canteens and go into the front-line trenches to serve the men there in fact the y men did everything with the army except go over the top the largest part of work of this type fell to the y m c a because they had the most flexible organization ready at the beginning of american participation but they had substantial help which as time went on grew more and more in volume from several other associations the knights of columbus and the salvation army both did magnificent service in canteens and trenches and of course the red cross took over the sick soldier and entertained and supplied him as a part of their co-army work there was one branch of the red cross which perhaps did more than any other thing to keep up the hearts and spirits of the soldiers it was called the department of home communications and it was directed by henry allen a wichita kansas newspaper man mr allen believed that a soldier's letters did more for him than any other one thing and that failing letters he must at least have reliable news of his home folks from time to time further that every soldier was easier in his mind if he knew that his home folks would have news of him fully and authentically no matter what happened to him so mr allen posted his representatives in every hospital in every trench sector and through them kept track of every soldier if a man was taken prisoner mr allen knew it if he was wounded mr allen knew just where and how the man's family was told of it immediately presently where this was possible mr allen's representative was writing letters from the wounded men to their relatives and was receiving all mr allen's news of these relatives for the men in the hospital In addition to things of this kind, done by Red Triangle men, Red Cross men, and the Salvation Army and the Knights of Columbus, all these organizations worked together to effect distributions of comfort kits and sweaters, gift cigarettes and chocolate, and all the dozen and one things that made the soldiers find life a little more agreeable. There was more than cooperation from the Army itself. There was the deepest gratitude openly expressed from every member of the Army, Whether general or private, because it was a recognized fact that, though an army cannot do these things itself, it owes them more than it can ever repay. End of chapter 15.